Asbury, Methodist Village, and Montgomery County take senior living to the next level, creating extraordinary opportunities for a fulfilling future. Work your brain and body in our new wellness center. Stroll our expansive campus and 17-acre nature preserve. Stay sharp with our resident-run college and find so many new ways to get involved and make a difference for others. Anticipate more from your retirement. Visit asburymethodistvillage.org today. Your future's here. Equal opportunity housing provider. Hey, MEAC fans, it's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion? Welcome to the Fantrax Toolshed, a podcast covering all aspects of fantasy baseball to help you win all of your fantasy leagues. From dynasty to prospects to redraft, we got you covered. Now, here are your hosts, Eric Cross and Chris Clay. All right, fantasy baseball fanatics around the world, welcome to the Tool Shed. This is episode 123 of the Fantrax Tool Shed with Clayton Cross, powered by Fantrax and FantraxHQ.com. I'm your host, Eric Cross. We have a really fun episode in store today. And with me, as usual, my 80 grade co host, Mr. Chris Clay. Chris, what's going on, bud? How much? Uh, episode 123, man. It's crazy. I've come a long way, but uh, I'm really excited about what we're doing. I'm excited about this episode. And that's never a bad day to talk baseball. So tonight's going to be a good one. We are we took some uh, listener submissions, basically looking at some players that have either been hot or cold, and whether we buy those starts or not. So I think it'll be some good discussion here. So I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, as am I. We have a lot of fun names on the list. Probably, well, we'll get through as many as we can. But the names we're definitely going to try to get through. They're about eh, how many is that about? 15 16 names or so uh, we have seven pitchers and that looks like around 10 hitters or so we'll try to get through as many as we can uh thank you to everyone that put you know their submissions in that uh tweet and the replies there's a lot of good names here a lot of very common names so we try to pick out the ones that we saw multiple times in the comments so we will get to all those but before we do the usual housekeeping you can find us on twitter chris is at roto clegg i'm at eric cross 04 and our show is at fantrax toolshed if you enjoy this podcast, please write and review. Check out our Patreon for extra content from both of us and our YouTube channel for plenty of live prospect video throughout the season. And, of course, check out all the other great work we have going on at Fantrax HQ with multiple fantasy baseball articles coming out every single day. All right, Chris, let's get right into it now. Let's go with uh, some pitchers here first. We have a few less pitchers to talk about, so we'll start on that side. And starting up in the Pacific Northwest with Mr. Robbie Ray who after having a resurgent 2021, to say the least, he is kind of went back to the Robbie Ray. I'm well, not fully back to the old Robbie Ray, but definitely regressed a good amount this year. In 11 starts, 485 ERA. That's over 65 innings, 123 whip. Still has a solid K rate, 27.1%, but that is down 5% from last year when he was at 321 Walk rate ticked up a little bit, up to 8.4. That's still fine, but is this just what Robbie Ray is? I think we we kind of said that, I think, to a degree, Chris, when we were talking about you know his performance last year. We are like, all right, he's not this good, but maybe he's not 17.9% walk rate bad like he was in 2020, but somewhere in the middle, not great ratios, but a good K rate. Is this kind of what he is right now? You know, man ratios and good strikeouts? Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, the walk rate staying down is encouraging – you know, being below 10% is pretty big for him. So I think he can live at 8.4%. I am interested. You know, the ERA is a little higher than you'd like. His XERA is just a tick below four, which I think that's probably a good description of, of really who he is as a pitcher. You know, it's really hard to pinpoint like why other than last year would have had 
some good luck swing his way. I mean, he's increased his slider usage, which is arguably his best pitch, and he's getting similar results at it overall. I mean, the whiff rate at last year at 45.5%. This year is 44.3%. So not much has changed there. I mean, we know he's pretty much exclusively a two-pitch guy. He's still on the curveball only 1.5% of the time this year, and the change 1%. So really he's a just a fastball, four-seam slider guy. So I'm just interested as to what's going on here because everything with both those pitches looks similar other than the fastball velo is down. So that's obviously pretty significant. He's down about a mile and a half from last year. The slider velo is down – uh, two miles an hour so i mean maybe that's it uh, you can get away with it when you, you were pumping a little harder like averaging close to 95 but with him sitting averaging 93 this year maybe that's the reason for that we're seeing that so yeah i'm trying to like find you know these big red flags in the profile and you know there aren't really a ton difference i think he could rebound here like, like you mentioned like the the velocity is down that's the big red flag but and I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there's an injury going on there. I'm I'm not quite sure, but still has a good whiff rate on that slider, 44-3, 25.2% whiff rate on the four seamer. You know, the the movement profiles are pretty similar to last year. A uh, little bit less horizontal break on the four seamer. Slider is actually a little bit more vertical movements. So there's not like any big movement differences in that profile so i, th- I think the era can cut down a little bit like you said the xera 391 maybe maybe he's like an upper you know upper three low four era guy k rate still pretty solid it, it is encouraging that the walk rate has stayed you know pretty low like he was never this low uh well last year was as low as a 6.7 percent but if he can keep it below 10 that'll be fine but you know maybe he's a what for dynasty What's fair, Chris? Like a top fifty arm in that general ballpark? Yeah, I think I just think people we just got a little high on him, honestly. And I think he's a good pitcher, but I just don't think he's an elite pitcher. So you know, maybe I'm wrong. We see him rebound and have you know elite second half the rest of the season. But you know, right now I think he's just good strikeouts. You know, okay ratios. So so I I don't know. He's he's really tough right now to to gauge. He's got a very interesting set of the the you know the similar pitchers to him based on velocity and movements. A uh, very mixed bag here. Twenty twenty two Eric Lauer, who is obviously doing very well. I'm surprised we didn't get anybody that said Eric Lauer in the comments. I thought that'd yeah. be one. Twenty twenty one Kyle Mueller, twenty twenty two Daniel Lynch, twenty twenty one Ryan Weathers, and twenty twenty Tariq Skubal. So very very interesting uh, set of five pitchers. Yeah, there. you know Ray's actually pitching right now as we talk. Facing the Orioles, he came out after five innings with four earned runs, three walks, and six Ks. Like the Orioles lineup just isn't that good, in my opinion. So no, that's obviously a little bit concerning. The fastball averaged ninety three seven in the start, so you know not great there. the The slider velo was back up to eighty eight, but even still, like I mean, I am <clears throat> just a little bit concerned about the profile in general. Yeah, as am I. So 93.7, is that, what was his fastball at coming into the start? 93. What's so that's up a bit uh, overall, about half yeah. a mile an hour. So that's, I guess, something. But yeah, I think this is what he is. Four ERA guy, good strikeouts. That's about it, though. I, I don't think you'll, I think uh, 2021 will go down as his best season of his career. I think that's pretty yeah. safe to say. All right, shifting down to Chris's Atlanta Braves. We actually have two Braves names on the list that were, common responses charlie morton and ian anderson let's start with mr charlie morton because you know you look at his game log and uh, he started off the season not so hot but he you know he had a what was a three yeah three start stretch or really just two starts where he had five shutout innings on the 8th of may against milwaukee well uh, with five k's and then six shutout in or six innings with one run excuse me one walk nine k's against san diego on the 14th and people are like all right maybe this is him turning the corner but since then three earned and five and a third four earned and four and a third four earned in five innings overall for the year and in 10 starts 547 era 150 whip 
He has 46 Ks in 49 and a third innings. That's only a 20, uh, 20.7 uh, strikeout rate after 28-6 last year. Walk rate's up a little bit. Chris, you know, as the Atlanta fan here, what have you seen from Morton? Do you think there's a chance he turns it around, or is this kind of like the beginning of the end for him? Um, I am a little bit worried that it could be the beginning of the end, and you hate to say that, but – with with right now, you know, I was at his first start and he looked really good. You know, coming obviously off a pretty major injury where he you know, broke his leg during the World Series, so everybody wondered like how he would fare, and you know, he looked really good in that start. But since then, it's just kind of been you know up and down. And I don't know. I do have a slight fear that he could just be done. I mean, he's third. We're talking about somebody that's thirty eight years old, and I know pitchers can pitch you know deeper into their careers. You know, a hitter still performing at this. You know, at this age is pretty rare, but I, I, I'm torn. I really am. I mean, you look and this start on Monday against the, or actually yesterday as we're recording against the D-backs, I mean, four earned runs in five innings, not ideal. Start before that against the Phillies, four and a third, four earned runs. And then the start before that was the Marlins. So it's not like a incredibly tough stretch. I mean, the Phillies are a good offensive team. But those are starts where you really have to get it on track. Then you see the Padres start in mid in mid May, and he went six one earned run in nine Ks. Like that looked like vintage Morton. But I, I do have some fears that he could just be kind of toast at this point. So it's it hasn't looked good, and he hasn't really shown many signs where it's like, okay, like he's he's going to be okay. I haven't haven't really seen that at all from him this year. Yeah, I haven't either. And that curveball has just not been there. You know, last year, the curveball, 36.7% usage, and he sung it about exactly the same amount this year. But last year, 127 batting average against, 187 slug, 180 Woba, and a 40.1% whiff rate. This year, 299 batting average against, 552 slug, 396 Woba, and the whiff rate has dropped to 31.4%. Ground ball rate has really plummeted too. He was at 49.5% in 2021 and really uh, in the Savant era, the lowest ground ball rate he had had was uh, 43% in 2020. And this year it's down to 34% fly ball rates up line drive rates up. He's just not really fooling anybody. And if he doesn't have that curveball. you know, his fastball has been, you know, it's been a solid fastball, but not like a great fastball. So, he needed that curveball to really keep hitters get, you know, guessing, and he hasn't had that this year. The movement profile is similar, so it's not like he's getting less horizontal or vertical break, but I don't know. It's a, Maybe it's a command thing. It's really, you know, look at the heat map lower half of the zone, pulling back to 2021, and I mean, it's not like much difference in, you know, where he's been locating it, so I don't know. I don't know why the curveball metrics have been so much worse this year, but yeah, 38 years old, yeah, I'm not you – know, he's, he's a fun pitcher to watch, but yeah, I don't have much faith in, in him moving forward. Uh, Ian Anderson, though, much younger, obviously, 24 years old, 14 years younger than Mr. Charlie Morton. Anderson has – you know, he's not been terrible this year, but he's been very, very mediocre. I think that's a good way to describe his season. Nine starts, 434 ERA, 134 whip. That is in 47 and two-thirds innings. The thing with him, you know, he's always had the walk rate around 10%. He was at 10.1 in his rookie year, 9.9 last year, up to 11.3 this year, but still kind of in that range for him. But the K rate has consistently dropped. It was 29.7 in his debut, 23.2 last year, which is still like around league average, but down to 17.6% this year. So, you know, the curveball is getting a 41% whiff rate change up 32.6. Uh, four seamers 15.8 so the whiff rates are terrible but he's just not missing many bats in general chris again another atlanta brave what have you seen from anderson do you think he's turning it around or maybe is he another guy that we kind of maybe overhyped and overranked uh, the last couple of years he just seems like just a guy at this point i mean the walk rate is concerning it's livable if you're striking out guys but he's not so right. you know six percent k minus bb rate just is far from ideal. You know, every year it does seem that Anderson just gets better as the year progresses. So I'm curious if that's the case. I mean, by postseason time, he's always in really good form and he's been you know, pretty dominant for his postseason career. I mean, he's a big reason that the Braves won the World Series. I mean, he did pitch well in the postseason. So 
I'm kind of interested here if, if he does progress. But right now, I mean, he is allowing a lot more contact, but honestly, it's been much better contact. He's, uh, you know, his barrel rate is down pretty significantly, which is encouraging. He's not allowing a ton of hard contact, which, you know, I think is, is definitely good. It is interesting, though. His whiff rates are, you know, above average across the board. The the four seem not the best, but you know, the changeup and curveball are really good pitches. So I, it's hard to really fathom why that is pitch sequencing just being a bit off. Like, is he just <clears throat> throwing the wrong pitches in the wrong count? I don't know, but I I really do think he's more of just a guy. Like, you know, where does he rank? Like, he's probably like a borderline top two hundred guy for dynasty. He's just a, a solid. SP that's not great. Like, I think you're going to end up with around a four ERA, but if the strikeout stayed on here, like, what's the fantasy appeal for a four ERA guy with a 17% strikeout rate and a whip north of 130? I just, I don't see a ton of appeal there, honestly. Yeah. You basically just described the, uh, you know, a streamer or a guy that you pick up for a start or two against good matchups. And that's it. Cause that's not very, like I said, if he, if he had a, you know, 20, Six twenty-seven percent K rate, and he had a four ERA. Okay, that's kind of what Robbie Ray is at this point. You can live with that a little bit, but yeah, if he's not getting good ratios and he's not striking guys out, then I'm not sure why anybody would really want Ian Anderson right now. Like, I'd be—I don't know—I don't. You can't really trade him right now. Like, I almost want to say like you know, get rid of him for whatever you can get, but what can you get for Ian Anderson at this point? I don't think anybody's gonna give you. A, any obviously you'd be selling low, and that's not always a bad thing. But maybe try to find the Atlanta Braves fan in your league. Not Chris, though. I don't think Chris will be taking <laughs> them from you. But you know, I don't know. I, I don't see a lot of encouraging metrics here in the profile. I just I'm, I'm surprised. I like Anderson, you know, a good amount. He had that nice postseason run uh, for you guys last year, and I don't know. He's not. I get again. I can't find anything in this profile that has me encouraged. And <laughs> look at the uh, for the batted ball profile, the similar pitchers to Ian Anderson, Jacob Barnes, Keegan Thompson, Austin Gomber, Lou Trevino, Zach Littell. That's not great. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Do you, do you think he could still be top fifty arm, or is that even too high? That might mm-hmm. be too high. That might top, be a bit too high. Top seventy. Yeah, that's fair. I, I still think that it's probably a bad time to sell. I'd hold on and let them have a few good starts and then potentially sell. But I do think by end of season, you probably end up close to a 40 RA. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. All right, we have a lot of lefties here coming up. Let's stick in the National League East here. Go down to Miami. One of the actually, probably the most popular pitcher we had for replies on that post was Trevor Rogers, And easy to see why guy that was taken was ADP probably right around 100 give or take and he had a currently through 10 starts 580 ERA 156 whip and 45 innings 8.7 percent walk rate which is basically the same as last year but K rate has dropped from 28.5 percent to 20.2 percent giving up more barrels as well you know hard hit rate actually is down but the ratios are terrible he's not missing bats you know the fastball has been getting absolutely annihilated that was a pretty solid pitch for him last year 222 batting average against 344 slug 300 woba last year this year up to 318 588 and 423 respectively with you know expected stats even higher than that so it's been really rough here for rogers and i think he's the one out of all these names so far we talked about that i feel the best about bouncing back but man the chris that Strikeout rate is not encouraging right now. Yeah, it's the same kind of case as Anderson, other than the fact that Rogers has proven he can have a higher strikeout rate. The good thing is that he's still sitting around a similar walk rate, which is you know below nine percent right now. We can live there. I'm interested. He's just allowing a lot of contact, and he's been getting kind of hit around. So, I mean, the profile doesn't. It's kind of like others. It's like the profile is not like brutally bad, but. He just like really just hasn't been getting the job done. And, you know, right now he is pitching in cores. I, I'm guessing that didn't go well based on the score being 11 to 10 in the sixth inning. Oh. Let's pull it up and see. Um, yeah, I can't yeah, imagine. Three and two thirds, five earned runs, five walks, and two strikeouts. Oh, ERA up geez. to 580. Mm. Six that's, hard hit balls. That's not good. <laughs> no, 
That ain't what you want to see. Five walks and six hard hit balls and three and two thirds. Yeah, that's not great. No. So that's far from ideal. Um, ain't going to help a season line at all. So I don't know. I'm certainly intrigued. I, I'm not going to put much stock into a course field start, but it's kind of goes with the theme of the rest of the season of what we've seen. He has had several, you know, kind of blow up starts that have affected the ERA. I mean, the second start of the year against the Phillies, one and two thirds, seven earned runs. He had another against the Diamondbacks where he was tacked on for five earned runs and in four innings. And then against the Braves, he allowed five earned runs pretty recently over four. So it's just been kind of up and down. I don't know. I, I'm struggling with what to make of him because I still, like I said, want to believe, and you kind of reiterated that, that you still want to buy into what he's doing. There's not been a ton that's really changed in my opinion so I'm, that's why i'm struggling like you know where is he missing right now i mean the four seam is very similar you know the velo is very similar here the whiff rate's very similar i don't think the the movement profile is pretty similar too. the change up we're seeing i mean it's it's whiff rates down about 10 percent. so i mean that's obviously a, a little bit of an issue there the change up was kind of his go-to pitch but Right now, it still has a 204 batting average again, so it's not like he's been getting killed on that pitch by any means. And even the slider. I mean, the slider's still good at a 37% whiff rate, 240 average against. He's just really getting beat up on the four-seamer. He allowed five home runs on the four-seamer last year, and this year he's already allowed six. So that really goes to tell you that there's a major difference there considering he threw the four-seamer 1,250 times last year versus 398 times this year. I'm sure I'll pull up. I'm sure that he allowed a home run on the four-seamer tonight. He did allow a home run. I will confirm. I don't know. I, I did, the player breakdown doesn't say home run, but, um, yeah, he did kind of get hit around on the four-seamer some, so he allowed a lot of balls in play. So I guess that home run was off the four-seamer if I had to guess. But, yeah, I don't know. I'm just kind of ranting at this point. Maybe it's the perfect time after this start to buy low on him. I mean, you can't get much lower value right now on Rodgers, in my opinion. So maybe he gets dropped. Maybe you can go buy him. Yeah, he he is the one that uh, I just pulled it up. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't say the pitch. It was Brendan Rodgers had the home run. Uh, yeah, it doesn't say what it was on though. No, uh, but yeah, I, I think he is the one. I said that I'm more. Kind of most willing to buy low on out of these names so far, at least out of the names we talked about. This guy that we're talking about next, though, I think it's a good time to buy low on him as well. Carlos Rodon has really had a kind of a tale of two seasons already. And I posted this last night when I was kind of digging into some pitching stats here. In April, Rodon had a 117 ERA, 0.83 whip, and a 34.1% strikeout minus walk rate. In May, 567 ERA, 1.59 whip. And 11.7% strikeout minus walk rate, really trending the wrong way right now. But he had a start tonight, earlier tonight, five innings, six hits, two runs, or one earn, excuse me, one walk, six Ks. So maybe he's starting to right the ship here. But overall, it's been a huge mixed bag here. Like I said, ERA of 1.17 one month, four and a half runs higher the next month. He's never really gone deep into a season. I think last year was the most innings he had thrown in a season, if I recall. Yeah, what yeah he one thirty-seven. Uh, it wasn't the most he thrown. He had thrown one sixty-five back in twenty sixteen, but it was the most he'd thrown since then. And he's coming off you know a lot of injury plague seasons in twenty nineteen and twenty twenty, where he only threw a combined forty was that forty two and a third innings uh, in eleven appearances. So maybe he's just a guy that can't handle a full starters workload and go more than you know 130 140 maybe that's all you can get out of him but you know the strikeout rate is still pretty damn good obviously the the slider is a very good pitch and it's always been a very good pitch like that slider has always been very good you know dating back to his days at North Carolina State it was considered like a 70 or 80 grade slider in that draft and you look at the the month breakdown and the slider in May was really not good at all, but I'm not worried about that 
much at all. He's mostly been a two pitch guy. He throws a curveball six percent of the time this year. Whiff rate on the slider is down this past month. It was down to thirty two point three percent after fifty three point eight in in uh, April. But again, that's not something I'm worried about. The slider's always been good. I think if that's the issue with him, I think he's gonna get back on track here. Though the fastball hasn't been good either in uh, in, uh, in May. So if you you need those pitches to be on, if you're a two start guy, uh, two pitch guy, excuse me, you need to have those pitches on, obviously. And neither one really were. So I think he's gonna bounce back. But again, I don't know if he's a guy you can count on for you know 150 plus innings. Yeah, the innings are concerned, but I will note you mentioned his May ERA of five sixty seven. A lot of that was from a, a blow up start. I mean, the Cardinals did tack him pretty hard, three and two thirds, eight earned runs, ten hits. If you take out that start, then his May ERA is three four. So you know that's still really solid. So I'm not willing to write him off yet. I think you're a hundred percent correct that the innings may potentially be a concern. I don't know how much we see him get to. I'd be surprised if we see him eclipse 150. Maybe he gets in the 155 range, but I don't expect much more. I think the ratios are going to be solid going forward. I think you're going to get good strikeout numbers, but it is quite interesting to see him just continue to pump the forcing more and more and more. I'm kind of baffled by that a little bit, honestly, and he's rid of the changeup from last season. That's good. The changeup was a bad pitch for what it's worth. It was not a good pitch last year. I had a 367 batting average against, and he threw it 12.5% of the time. So he's completely ditched that pitch, and he threw it exclusively to righties last year. So ditching that's good. The four-seam slider, pretty exclusive here, and they're good pitches. So I'm not overly concerned about Rodon, and I think that the numbers kind of you know look a little inflated because of that one bad star. But other than that, he's been really good all year. Yeah, I would, if I had Rodon, I would let him get another couple of good starts under his belt, and then maybe I'd entertain selling because, like I said, I, I think you can get a, he, he was someone that, you know, I think I had him as high as like 13th or 14th in my starting pitcher rankings, and people were kind of mad about that, like, oh, you should have him top 10, so I think there's this notion that he could be a top 10 guy, and I think maybe on a per inning basis he could, but like we mentioned, he just doesn't have the volume there, so he may be a guy I would entertain selling uh, or at least looking to sell once he gets a couple more good starts under his belt here. Uh, another lefty here, not nearly as exciting as Rodome, but for some reason is pitching very, very well this year. And yeah, I'm a little bitter as he stunk for my Red Sox for a couple of years. But Martin Perez in his age 31 season here for the Texas Rain, back down in Texas, 10 starts, 142 ERA, 0.93 whip. Like, where was this? In Boston, Perez, like he was terrible for us, but I am 100% not buying this. There's no way, you know, he's never been a guy that gets strikeouts like this year, 20.2%. That's his career high. He's a guy that's been, you know, first career 15.5%. He mixes five pitches, you know, sinker, changeup, cutter being the big three, and doesn't get, you know, even this year, the whiff rates are up. On the like the change up 32.8% whiff rate, but he's never been a guy that gets whiffs, so you need him to maintain low ratios. And yeah, I, I think he can be like maybe a three five to four ERA guy. He's been that, uh, actually, no, he hasn't actually. He's been, yeah, before this year, he was between 450, no, 439 and 622. Yeah, that was my Red Sox, I know that. Um, uh, so he, he's never been a a guy that's shown this type of performance level. So 110% sell high for me right now. What are your thoughts, Chris? Yeah. I mean, I think he's definitely a sell high. He's definitely benefited from um, that ballpark move. I think, I think the ballpark plays a little more favorable to pitchers. I really don't expect this to sustain. Honestly, he's not striking out a ton of guys. He's not getting a lot of whiffs. He's really benefited from some generous batted ball luck in my opinion. Um, but I don't know. I think we could see him potentially get a few more starts, but I'd good starts, but I'd be surprised if you know the, the results continue. I mean, he's not going to sustain a one four two ERA, whatever he has right now, but maybe solid, but I think this could be a prime sell time. I I'd look to trade him if I had him. Yeah, as would I. This next guy I'd probably look to sell as well, but more encouraged by him. 
nasty Nestor Cortez. You know we had to talk him. Um, he's been the Yankees' best pitcher this year, ahead of Garrett Cole. I think he's ahead of Garrett Cole on the player radar. Nine starts, 170 ERA. That's in 53 innings, a 0.85 whip, and a 30.2% strikeout rate to a 5.9% walk rate. And he actually, like this kind of started last year, actually, because last year he had a 290 ERA, 27.5% strikeout rates. So this really, he started pitching quietly very well into last year. Didn't really, nobody really noticed it. And his ADP didn't really get inflated at all. I think he was still like 250 to 380p, right? Maybe even lower than that. I have to go back and look, but limiting hard contact very well, limiting barrels very well. I don't, I just don't know. So I think he can maintain a low, you know, a low ERA, like, you know, low to mid three ERA. But I just wonder if he can maintain a 30.2% strikeout rate with, you know, he only has the one, uh, one pitch that has a whiff rate above 30%. And that is his sinker which he only throws 4.2% of the time at 44.4. His cutter is 26.1% whiff, and four-seamer 22.4. Doesn't get any big whiff rates. So I don't, I'm not sure. It's very odd to see a guy with a 23% whiff rate get a 30-plus percent strikeout rate. You just don't usually see that too often. Yeah, he commands his offerings very well, which absolutely helps, but I just don't see the strikeout rate maintaining. So... I think right now, well, he's a fun little story. I think it's a good time to sell high on him as well. Right. It is interesting. You're right. A mediocre fastball that, you know, averages, you know, right at 90 miles an hour. And he throws a couple of variations. He has a sinker. He has a four seam. He, he mixes in a cutter. Two with a slider. Changeup doesn't throw that often. It's really interesting. I'm, you, you just look at him and you wonder, like, how does he have a 30% CSW? Well, I think he's really been a benefactor of a lot of called strikes. His swinging strike rate is really average. So you're, you're looking at a benefit of a lot of called strikes in this profile right now. But the thing is, he throws a lot of strikes. So also, that does benefit him as well. So when you're, when you're just throwing so many strikes, I think he's getting that benefit of the doubt where he's getting a lot more called strikes as well. So that side is encouraging. I mean... The cutter is at 73% strike rate. The four seems 67. The slider at 68. So your three dominant pitches there are all 67% or higher strikes, which is really good. So I think that right now he's just, like I said, benefiting a lot from call strikes, which can vary. I mean, from start to start, that can hurt you if you're not getting the swings and misses and you're relying on that. So there may be some inconsistencies moving forward, but – I do think there is some legitimacy to what he's doing, but maybe not to this level. I think we see him probably settle in as like a mid-three ZRA, which is still really good. And even if he drops to, let's say, a 25% strikeout rate, he starts getting less call strikes and drops a little bit. Like That's still a really good pitcher. And I think that you know we're seeing he's just 27, so pitcher really developing and, and coming into his own. So I like Nestor, but if you can get some crazy good value, then you can potentially dangle him in a trade. I think you can. I think people are really buying into him. So he's a guy I think you can get a, a pretty penny for him uh, in, in a trade value right now in Dynasty Leagues. Last arm on the list here. We'll keep it in the American League East with my Boston Red Sox and Mr. Tanner Hauku. He's very fun to watch. He is nasty when he's on, but the when he's on has been very sporadic. His role has been sporadic. This the best word to use for him in general is just sporadic. So he's had, uh, let's see, this year, 11 total appearances, four starts, 404 ERA. Uh, X ERA is 386, so right in line there. The walk rates ticked up over 10%, 10.3. And his usual elite K rate has plummeted down to 21.9. You know, watching Tanner Houck, I really. Like, I'm really starting to think he's a reliever. Wrong term. With that said, though, I think he can be a really good one. This this four seam sinker slider mix. That slider is very very good uh, when he's commanding it well. And I think he's he's looked better as a reliever than he has as a starter. He's had a couple good outings as a starter, but in general, he's looked a lot better as a reliever. Even though the ERA is actually a little bit lower 
as a starter. So that might not kind of back up what I'm saying, but just in general, he's been more, looks like he's been more electric out of the pen. So I think that where that's where he ends up. And I think that's kind of what the Red Sox are hinting at here that they just won't commit to him as a starter, even though they've had, you know, plenty of opportunity to, you know, have him start this year with some of the injuries we've had, like James Paxton and, and Chris sale and whatnot. So, I don't think they want him as a starter, so I think he's a reliever as a closer. I don't know, but I think he could be. I think he could be a pretty damn good one, but right now with the uncertain role, his value is kind of uh, plummeting in my mind. Yeah, and the Red Sox desperately need a closer, so man, I'd <laughs> certainly that again. give him a try, but I don't know. I mean, you look at the overall profile. It is intriguing. He has his moments where it's like, wow, this, this guy's really good. Um, obviously, the sliders really like his pitch, but it has had its ups and downs this year. I'd say he hasn't thrown it effectively for strikes. He's only got 12.1% swinging strike rate, which is you know, okay for a slider. It's not great, but if he can get back to that, then I think he can be all right. But we're also looking at a profile where he's mixing in the four seam and the sinker and the sinker has actually been a surprisingly good pitch where he's got a lot of whiffs, which is bizarre for a sinker, but he ranks sixth with among swinging strike rate for sinkers, but his CSW is still pretty low on it. Overall, I think you're right. I think that he's one where he probably suits a little better out of the pin. And I think it's kind of just, we need to accept that fact. I do think there's some rebound potential, but I think that if you can, sell him based on name value in like a dynasty league, I probably would because there's seems like there's always somebody that's really high on him. But to me, he seems like a reliever. Yeah, I am. I'm there with you, unfortunately. But again, I, I would love to see him get a shot at closing, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon. I don't know what the Red Sox are doing on that bullpen. It's a joke, to be honest with you. So we'll see. But let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side and get into some hitters. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. fans. It's time to step into a championship. The 2023 MEAC Men's and Women's Basketball Tournament tips off March 8th through the 11th at the Scope Arena in Norfolk, Virginia. Join all the Me action with competitive basketball games, fun theme nights, and fan fests, official after parties, and comedy shows. Tickets are on sale via Ticketmaster, and you can log on to MEACHoops.com for more info. The 2023 MEAC Basketball Tournament. Who will be crowned champion? All right, welcome back from the break. We're going to try introducing a fun little segment here, a little game in the middle of each show. Uh, many of you have probably known it was called Wardle, and now it's uh, MLB Pickle, basically the baseball player guessing game version of Wordle. Maybe we'd play that real quick in the beginning of each show. We did it after we did, got done recording the last show. So if we go, let's try it on air, see what we can do. You can ridicule us if we don't get the player, but all right, so... You get nine guesses and gives you, if you haven't played it, you have nine guesses and you guess a player and it gives you, you know, if the team is right, division, bats, throws, where they're born, what country, uh, age, and position. So I guess we can just alternate guesses here. Uh, Chris, why don't you give me a player to start out? All right. Random player of the day is uh, Nick Castellanos. (laughs) All right. No, not Humberto. Nick, there we go. All right, so it is a uh, player that is a – they bat right and throw right, born in the USA, and it is c- close to the NL East. I'm not sure what, what quite that means, though. I'm not sure if it means of a, it could be the NL Central, but definitely a guy that bats right, throws right, USA, not a right fielder, and not near the age of 30. So I'll go – let's see. I'll go NL Central, righty. USA. Let's go Paul Goldschmidt. Nice. We just had a phenomenal month of May. He was the best player in May. All right. So we're getting close. Uh, again, it lit up the NL Central in yellow. So I don't know. I'm sure not sure what that means. But I think that means get- the league is right. So that, that means it's NL West. Yeah, I think so. So and close uh, to- and it's getting closer to age. Uh, 34 is in yellow now, but is not a first baseman either. So uh, your guess, Chris. All right. NL West near. 34 bats right 
and throws right. Uh, all right, Darren Ruff. It is the NL West, and this player is 35. It's mm-hmm. not San Fran. It's not a left fielder. So Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, Colorado, Dodgers, a lefty, Dodgers. It is 35-year-old 30, the Blackman's Dodge. probably older than 35. How old is Chris Taylor? He's not 35, no, is he? No, no he's, he's like, like 31. 30. Uh, let's see here. Is anybody that old on the D-backs? Um, and we can't cheat either. Uh, no. All right, I'm just going to guess. Walker's that. not that old. He's like 31. Who's 35? Anybody in, in the Rockies 35? Probably. The Rockies have a bizarre team. This could be a pitcher, too, because it has... We we have not... Yeah, it's possible. Uh, who's an old pitcher? How old's... No, he's not that old. Um. Okay, this has gotten a lot harder than I anticipated <laughs> it getting. Who's 35? I was just going to name up there. Is Merrill Kelly that old? No. Think so. Who on the is he on the body on the Dodgers staff that old? Not that's a righty though. Like Kershaw's yeah, Kershaw near he's at thirty five. Yeah. Colorado, Arizona, San Francisco. Is Junis a righty? Um. Yeah. Let's just go Jacob Junis just to see if the team's right. Oh, he's he's only twenty nine. Okay, no, so yeah. Junis wouldn't be right because uh, we San Francisco is not right. Oh, right. Whoops. Well, I'll use my guess anyway. Uh, but it is a, it's a relief pitcher, so okay. we have that. All right, oh, your geez. guess. A relief pitcher, 35 years old, in the NL West. Uh, oh, I think I got it, but I'll let you make your I, – I have an, I think I know who it is now. What team? Uh, Colorado. Oh, is uh, – uh, what's his name? They're closer, right? Yeah. What's his name? Can't think of it. Uh, Bard is he? That that's who I thought it was. Yeah, try it. Out. It is not him. He's thirty six, and it's oh. not Colorado. All right, so, so Arizona. Oh, Arizona. Mark Melanson. There we go. That's got to be. See, it. is that it? It's not it. <laughs> He's thirty seven. Oh, okay, geez. Chris. We have three. Ge- <laughs> we have three guesses left. So it's either the Dodgers or who's the other team? The Padres. There? Dodgers or Padres? Oh, God. How many bullpen guys have they got out there? All right. All right. All right. I think I got it. Daniel Hudson. Boom. There it is. Daniel Whew. Hudson is the MLB pickle player. I don't know. Let's just start out with Daniel Hudson. That's a hard one to get. But hey, we got yeah. it in seven guesses. So we are one for one. Let's see how long we can keep this streak going here. All right, back back to your normally scheduled programming here. Let's go over to the hitting side of things here. And the most common name by a country mile for hitters was, of course, Byron Buxton, who at one point was being touted as the favorite for American League MVP. And now he's hitting 204 with a 281 OBP after a terrible month of May. But great time to buy low, obviously, because... The metrics are still very good. 45.9% hard hit rate, 16.3% barrel rate, 92.3 average exit velo. Walk rates up a little bit from last year, up to 7.2%. K rates kind of in line with where he usually is in that regard. So, you know, he still has a 94% sprint speed. I would love to see him run a little bit more when he won steal, but the obviously the injuries have been an issue for him forever and he's already popped up again this year so you got to factor that in but in terms of performance he's better i think he's just going through a slump here i think he'll get out of it so you can buy low and dynasty right now i would but maybe he's just never gonna get to top 25 dynasty guy like we like he has the potential to be top 25 dynasty but i think the injuries will always hold him back maybe he'll have that one big year but I don't know. Maybe he's another guy that maybe if you don't have him now, buy low. But if you do have him, maybe let him get hot again and then see if you can sell him for a huge price for get a player or two that are more consistent and more durable. That might be a good idea. But what are your thoughts on Buxton, Chris? Yeah, so on May 6th, he was at a 290 batting average, which dropped all the way to 204 by the end of the month, as you mentioned. So the rest of the month, 
He had 77 plate appearances, eight hits, two home runs, no stolen bases, 188 average, 221 slug. That's brutal. I think he's going to rebound and be fine. He's going to be streaky. I wonder if some injuries still maybe bothering him. Like, is there an underlying injury that you know we're not seeing? He, for all we know, he could go out you know pretty soon with an injury. And that's the reason I think to sell him. Like he's gonna have a hot streak here soon where he's gonna, you know, get a ton of power or like ton of home runs, ton of stolen bases. And at that point, you probably sell him unless you just want to keep playing the game, which I, I don't want to play. I like Buxton. I think he has the elite upside, can be, you know, an MVP caliber player, but I just don't want to play the game constantly, in my opinion. Yeah, he's said very excited one of the most exciting players in baseball, even you know, from a defensive standpoint out there in center field, one of the best defense center fielders as well. But yeah, he's just too inconsistent for me and too, you know, he's she's not durable enough for me. Like I don't want my one of my guys that's supposed to be one of my top players that I'm building around for Dynasty to be, you know, averaging I, I don't know what he's averaging games per year, but I can guarantee it's probably under a hundred. Uh that's not good. You need you guys to, you know, be on the field, you need them to accumulate, you need the volume, and he's just not a guy that's Proven that he can give you the volume, which is uh, which is unfortunate. But moving over to another young guy that's <laughs> had some injuries and underperformance as well, Eloy Jimenez. He's a guy that I I was very high on Eloy coming up. You know, I think I had him in the top five prospect uh, at one point. But I'm starting to really sour on him. I mean, he's got. He's had some injuries here that have really held him back. He only has 39 plate appearances this year. He had the injury last year as well. And I don't know how much average he's going to hit for. He's The power's there. Like That's not really a question. You know, Look at the hard hit rates. The lowest hard hit rate for him for his career is 45.8%. But is he more than like a 260 hitter? 260 with 30, 35 home runs? Again, that's pretty good. But is he ever going to be better than like Nick Cassianos or something like that? I don't know. I think people think he's going to be better than that. But... I think Nick Cassianos is probably his best case scenario outcome right now. So again, if he's a guy that you can, you know, when he comes back, which should be soon, he's in triple A right now in rehab assignment, let him get some games under his belt, hit some home runs, maybe you trade him. I think you can get a pretty good price for him, but he's a guy that I think I'm just a little bit lower on now than most. Yeah. It seems like there's still a lot of name value here with Eloy's profile. You know, it's interesting. I do think that he's got the upside. I mean, his batted ball data is just insane. When you know, look at the uh, looking at my database that I've done with the um, Statcast data, and he just is off the charts, like for everything. Well, it's a, a really small sample, so that's definitely worth noting. He is second in 80th percentile EV, you know, behind Stanton, who has an 80th percentile EV that's five miles an hour higher than anybody else. Kind of crazy. Eloy also is fifth in 90th percentile EV. So I'm curious if those stick coming back. But regardless, like even hitting the ball as hard as he did, he was just hitting 222. Small sample, as I mentioned, worth noting. But I don't know. The I think he's becoming entry prone. And I, that's a big factor. It's like Buxton. I mean, can you continue to roster him because he's got the upside? Yes, you can, but will that kill you? And Possibly so. I think he's going to spend a lot of time on the IL, and that really could hurt. So, you know, I'm I'm pretty open to trading him if you get a good return. Like, if you get a top 50 player, then I'm doing it. Yeah, 100% with you there. Next guy on the list here, another outfielder, but a bit older, Christian Yelich, who it feels like Yelich should be older than 30. I feel like he should be like 34. But anyway, he's having a, you know, you look at the surface stats, and they look at the underlying metrics, and they're very different. They don't match up. Surface uh, slash on here, 234, 325, 386. So not that great at all. That's only a 711 OPS. Five home runs and seven steals. That's kind of nice. Yeah, he's on pace for about you know 18 home runs and 25, 26 steals or so. It's good to see him running again. Uh, but you look at the underlying metrics, and they're very good. 12.7% barrel rate, 92-mile-an-hour average exit velocity. 53% hard hit rate, you know, walk rate and K rate are kind of in line with uh, previous years. K rates at 24.6, walk rate 10.9. Those are, you know, those are okay. And, you know, what the chase rate's good. You know, there's a lot of good metrics here. Whiff rates back down again. Zone contact rate is up. I just don't know why 
the slash line is just so bad. Obviously, ground balls are still an issue for him, but it's not like his ground ball rate has spiked. It's actually gotten better than last year. Fly ball rate's up a little bit as well. Still over 50% ground ball rate, but I don't know. It's I just don't know why the surface stats here don't match up with his good metrics. I don't, So maybe he's a good buy low right now just because look at the metrics. You think better times are ahead in terms of the uh, his average and his, you know his power output. So I'd be willing to buy low right now. What about you? Yeah, I think so. I think he's going to be fine. I think he's still going to put up solid power speed numbers, which is what we want. And so his May was down. I mean, his April wasn't great either. So hovering around 230 for both, which is not great. But you look in the underlying metrics, just really good. So he's making good contact, enough good contact where he'll be fine. He's not chasing often. I think the strikeout rate is a little high right now, considering all things. I mean, still at 24.6%, which is livable. But I expect that to drop a little bit, honestly, based on everything else I'm seeing in the profile. I think there's going to be some home run power come. I'm I'm buying. Yeah, as am I. This next guy, though, hard to recommend buying him right now. Fran Mo Reyes has been absolutely atrocious this year. The one thing Reyes has always done is hit for power. He's not doing that this year. Although, a lot of the metrics are still really good, though. 15.6% barrel rate, 94-mile-an-hour average XF velocity, and a 51.9% hard hit rate but he's striking out 39.3% of the time and has a you know ground ball rate that's 46.8%, hitting the ball on the ground too much, launch angle. Actually, it's decent at 10.4 degrees, but only three home runs with a 278 slug so far this year is because he's being way too aggressive at the plate. Like that K rate, as I mentioned, is astronomical. His chase and whiff rates are really high as well, or it's really the chase rate's okay, actually, but the whiff rate's 36.9%. I don't know. Is it a case of, you think, Chris, he's just being way too aggressive and that's really hurting him? Possibly. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he's obviously hitting the ball really hard, but there's nothing else in the profile other than just smoking baseballs because he's just whiffing entirely too much, and you know that's really the issue. I'm surprised that the strikeout rate is this high. You know, 30% was kind of the expectation, so I don't know. I mean, maybe the K rate drops a little bit and we see some more power. I'd say that's definitely possible, but uh, yeah, he's an interesting one. I don't, I don't know what to do with him. I think that there's still some intrigue in the profile, but right now, man, like he, he should might be on waivers in your leagues. Probably. And redraft, I'd leave him there. Dynasty, you know, metrics are still good. Like we mentioned. So maybe, maybe buy low, but I don't know if he's, not hitting for the home runs aren't there, even though the power metrics are still pretty solid. If home runs aren't there, then what good is Reyes to you? It's all he really can provide. Another guy in the American League Central that I'm quickly souring on, Javier Baez. Again, another one of the guys, he's really fun to watch. Obviously, he's a great defensive middle infielder and a nice little power speed blend. But And that power speed blend made his inconsistencies tolerable, right? But this year... 197, 236, 306 slash, three home runs, no steals. He's just completely stopped running for some reason. And the sprint speed's down as well. A lot of bad metrics here. Out, well, oddly enough, the K rate has dropped about 7%. But quality of contact metrics are all down a considerable amount, especially the barrel rate and the hard hit rate. You seeing any reason to buy low on buys right now, Chris? Uh, I don't think so. He's... He's rough, and that's – hey, Dad, I've got him in a couple of dynasty leagues. So like, I like, I need you to do something. But I knew the move to Detroit would obviously hurt his power. You just look at the spray chart, and you can see that. I mean, he's got several balls that look like they could be home run in a lot of places, but not at home. I mean, he's got, you know, seven balls out there that look like home runs in most places. He has three right now for the season. I'm kind of curious. I know I don't use X – home runs often but he does have 4.6 expected home runs so yeah Baez is just one where it's like hmm, I don't know he's kind of like the Franville Reyes profile he's not hitting the ball nearly as hard so you know take it for what you want but it's just not good right now he isn't running either like that's that's also an issue like you know he has value in his stolen bases and that's not there at all 
Right. Like I said, if he was still, you know, his usual, you know, 25, 30 home run, you know, 15 or so steal pace. All right. You, you could find reason to buy low, but with that move to Comerica Park being just terrible for him, we've seen how that's affected better power hitters in the past. I just, I don't see any reason to buy low. He's not running anymore for some odd reason. You know, the K rate is down, like I mentioned, but quality of contact is terrible right now. Walk rate is still really low. And I don't see anything encouraging the profile right now. Is he better than this? Yes, obviously he's better than this. But I don't know. If you're expecting him to bounce back to the usual hobby bias we've known and loved for the last, you know, seven, eight years, I just don't think that's ever coming back, especially not at, uh, not in Detroit. So, all right. Next name on the list here is another middle infielder that signed a pretty sizable contract this year. He's running probably even worse than uh, than Baez here, and that's Marcus Semien with the Rangers, though he is starting to run a little bit at least, which is, uh, I guess, kind of encouraging. But <laughs> 199, 266, 274 slash line, only one home run, six deals, which have all come recently. But he still has a, a solid approach, you know, 15.9% K rate, which actually is about 4.5% lower than last year. Walk rate, 8.2%, which is around league average. But... 3.8% barrel rate, 28.8% hard hit rate. Ugh, it's not, what's the ISO? 0.75 ISO. 0.075 ISO. That's not good. He's a guy that I thought would be affected by, you know, this, uh, the new less happy ball this year, whatever you want to call it, the not happy ball, whatever. But he's kind of one of those guys that was a moderate power hitter that got elevated by the happy fun ball of last year. And we all knew that that wasn't, Repl- you know, he wasn't gonna be able to replicate that, but we you know maybe 30 home runs we thought would be fair, but unless he figures something out, he ain't even gonna get close to that. So I-, I don't know what you do with him right now. You can't if you have him, you can't really sell him. You'd be selling him for dirt cheap, so maybe just hold. But I also don't have a lot of confidence in him bouncing back either. Yeah, I mean it's another one where just not pretty. I mean, he obviously wasn't going to repeat what he did. Uh, last year, the, the 45 home run season, maybe the power comes around. It's good that he got that first home run off his back. I mean, that took forever until May 31st before he got. Nope, sorry, that was I was looking at the wrong thing. It was May 28th, but still, point proven. It took pretty long for him to get that first home run, get the monkey off your back. Hopefully, he can get it going to an extent, but you know he's. Certainly probably not going to be worth what you expected where you drafted him at least. But I think it's a decent buy low, and maybe he rebounds and gives you some speed and some home runs. I think he could still finish 2020. I wouldn't be shocked if he did. Eh, 20 steals, I can see. I, 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 I just can't see 20 home runs anymore. Not not with these metrics. So it would be one thing of, you know, there's a high barrel rate or the hard hit rate, but I don't know. I don't see – I maybe – I think he struggles to get the 10 this year. I really do. You know, not a great park for him. You know, the less happy ball. I, I just don't see a lot. Maybe I, I, I'm not opposed to buying low, but I wouldn't give up a lot to get him. That's for sure. Next guy on the list here, someone that just really frustrates me. I've, I've kind of gotten rid of a lot of my shares in dynasty of Moncada. Not that I had a lot, but I, I put out a tweet the other day to a, uh, is him and Chris Bryant are like the two guys that come to mind when you think of, you know, good, you know, potentially, you know, great players that always seem to be a dinged up in some way, whether they're on the IL or just dealing with an issue. There's always something that kind of pops up every now and then. And then at the same time, they always kind of underperform expectations, but show enough to be like, all right, maybe they can bounce back to their previous performance levels. And this year he's been hurt again, only 63 plate appearances, 133, 175, 250, Slash line, two home runs. He doesn't want to run anymore. The metrics are, eh, they're not terrible, but they're not great either. K rate's way up this year, though. But, again, he's always been kind of a high K rate guy. It's up 5% from last year, but in line with this career rate of 29.7%. Walk rate has plummeted. I don't know. Chris, where are you at him on Because I've had a hard time valuing him, but I just don't think I want any part of him anymore. He's, I think he's overvalued. If he's not running anymore, he needs to hit well, and he's just—I think he could be okay hitter. But is he any better than Ryan McMahon? I don't think so. I'd probably have, rather have Ryan McMahon at this point. Yeah, probably. And that's—it's—it's 
a tough pill to swallow. I've got a lot of Moncada and Dynasty, so I did too. I, I've slowly good. just gotten rid of a, a share here, a share there. I just I don't want to deal with it anymore. Even when, when he's on the field, he can be okay at times, but again, he's the guy that's just always hurt. It seems like yeah, and you know maybe maybe you got to find somebody that's still high on him and you can trade him. But yeah, there's not a lot in Moncada's profile that makes me want to go out and buy him right now, and I hate to say that. Yeah. Same with this guy, too. Jake Cronenworth, who I had a fair amount of shares in. Uh, I was kind of buying into, you know, the what, what we seen from him in 2020 and 2021. I thought he, he could be like a, you know, a 20 homer guy, solid average, solid OBP, you know, good amount of counting stats, maybe adds a little bit of speed along the way. But that really has not been the case this year. 211, 295, 321 slash, three home runs, zero steals. Approach is still solid, but quality of contact is just kind of meh. So I don't know. I think he can bounce back from what he's showing now, but to what level? Is he a top 100 guy? I don't think so. I think he's more like back end top 200, even when he bounces back, because again, what's that 260, 270 type of player, 18 to 20 home runs, handful of steals. That's not really more than top 200, just looking at the uh, the profile there. Yeah, and the strikeout rate being up is concerning. I mean, it's still good at 20.9%, but that's up over six percentage points from last year, which is pretty notable when you're striking out that much more. You know, maybe the league kind of adjusted to him. And, you know, it seems crazy to say at this point in his career, but you think he really came onto the scene in 2020 in the shortened season where we didn't have a, a lot. And then last year was good, but did, did people just – did pitchers figure him out? I don't know. You look and the barrel rates, obviously turning the wrong direction. The average exit velocity is dipped down. His launch angle is poor too. I mean, there's a lot of inconsistencies and a lot of fly balls that just aren't healthy for his profile. So the good news is he's not swinging and missing a ton and he doesn't have a high chase rate, but the rest of the profile is kind of meh. So struggle with what to do with him. Yeah. I said, even if he bounces back, how intriguing is the profile? Not really. So I guess he's got that multi-position eligibility, which helps, but he's probably just kind of like a bench guy, fill-in guy. Maybe you put him at corner and field utility, something like that. But I don't, know, I don't see a lot of hope in him being, you know, a top 100 guy, which I think he was being thought of, or at least close to, you know, that range uh, after he had his pretty good year back, uh, back in 2020. Or was it 2021 was the year? Kind of both, but yeah, I don't think he's top 100 guy. I think he's like closer to 200 than 100. Brian Reynolds is the next name on our list. And another guy that I, I, I'm having a hard time seeing a big bounce back from him. But I guess the whiff rate's up with Brian Reynolds. Co zone contact is about the same, but he's whiffing more. He's striking out a little bit more. So about seven home runs. So he's on like a 20 homer pace, but only hitting 212, 306, 388. Are you. Are you still a believer, Chris, in the Reynolds we saw in 2019 and 2021 that was looking like a, you know, a 280, 290, 300 type of hitter with 20 home runs? Do you think that guy is still in there? Yeah. I'm, I'm honestly, of all these hitters, like I'm probably least worried about Reynolds. I think that he'll bounce back and, and be fine. I, I really do. I mean, the strikeout rate's still in check. He's still walking a high clip. You know, honestly, it's encouraging to me that he has eight home runs. The more discouraging part is he has just 14 RBI right now. So that's obviously you know, not great at all. But I think that we see the exit velos trend up in the right direction. You know, as, the, as it gets warmer, he'll be fine. The launch angle right now is kind of hurting him. Too many balls on the ground. I think he'll be okay. Overall, the XBA does look good. So, yeah, I'm expecting – a little bit of a bounce back for Reynolds. I think he'll be fine. I'm just encouraged by the fact that he has eight home runs right now with a 5.5% barrel rate. Like that's pretty low barrel rate and he's still hitting those home runs. So the average will come like that's his strength. Like that's who he is. So I'm not overly concerned right now about Reynolds. Yeah. I, I do think the average is going to bounce back. Like I mentioned, a lot of the contact rates are still pretty good, but yeah, it's kind of weird that he has the eight home runs with a 5.5% barrel rate, 87.4 average XAB low, 8.8 .8, uh, degree launch angle. Now, doesn't feel like he should be more like a four or five homer guy. It seems like the metrics aren't really matching up with the surface stats here, both in terms of batting average and power. So I still think, I still think he can be a 280 type of guy, 15, 18 home runs, maybe, you know, 20. So yeah, good a good buy low there. I, I'm just 
worried that the as the average goes up, maybe the power goes down. So he's kind of he's overperforming his power metrics. It looks like so I want to see that barrel rate get back up. If he gets back that barrel rate back up around ten percent where it's been at least the last two years, I think I'd be more even more willing to buy into him right now. But still buying in. Like I, I was a big Reynolds guy before the season. Still think that guy's in there. Uh, so yeah, solid buy low right now. Let's end the show with a big name here. But a guy that was not a big name before the year has been arguably the biggest breakout of the 2022 season. It's either him or Nestor Cortez. I talked about him a couple weeks ago in that solo podcast I did. So I'll let Chris get his opinion in here. Mr. Taylor Ward, 347, 459, 686 slash line. 10 home runs, 26 RBI, 29 runs scored in 146 player appearances with a lot of red in that stat cast, you know, savant profile here. Chris, where are you at on Ward? Is he a top 100 guy for you? And do you think this is sustainable? Yeah, I do. I think that he's just going to be around for the long haul. I mean, I didn't want to buy, I didn't want to think that this was going to stick because I didn't get him places and that upset me, obviously. But I mean, everything in the profile does scream that he is legit. I mean, K rate's down. The walk rate is way up. Everything just looks really good. I mean, barreling the ball at an incredibly high rate right now. An 18% barrel rate is just nuts. And he hasn't really trended in the wrong direction. Like, he stayed consistently good throughout all of this, which is kind of nuts to me. But still rocking a 347 average that's i mean to me i think he's here to stay i'm not sure he'll be a 300 hitter but even if he's not i think the power is certainly legit and i think that we're looking at a 30 home run bat that maybe can hit 280 like call me crazy but i think he's here to stay i'm not surprised if he steals a few more bases either his sprint speed's good so really just the willingness to run here so he could even chip in a few steals but yeah i I really think Taylor Ward is pushing top 100 overall dynasty status and could go even higher. Yep. I, that's pretty much what I said too. I said, it's hard to poke a lot of holes in the profile and, you know, I guess track record is the one thing he doesn't have, but he's, I think he's definitely in top hundred consideration, you know, maybe higher like 28 years old. It's not, like he's super old. So kind of in that prime of his career in terms of physical peak that we people like to talk about, Contact skills are good. Approach is good. Walk rate super high. Quality of contact is very good. So, yeah, I think you know, obviously not this. I don't think he's going to be top 25, but I think, yeah, top 100 guy, you know, moving forward. Absolutely. So I think now's a good time to buy high on board. Sometimes you got to buy high, and I think he's, you know, pretty much legit here. This is not a lot of things you can poke, you know, poke holes in in the profile, but that is going to wrap us up. Thank you to all the listeners for tuning in again this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. You can follow us on Twitter at Chris at Roto Clegg. I'm at Eric Cross04, and our show is at Fantrax Toolshed. And check out all of our written work at Fantrax HQ, Fantasy Pros, or over on our Patreon. And join us again next time for more fantasy baseball talk. But until then, everyone take care. Yeah.